Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I am Edwin K. Morris. Today in the studio, we have Sherry Sanger. She is the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Penske Truck Leasing. She is responsible for strategic marketing planning, market research and analysis, communications, public relations, and interactive marketing for a $5 billion company with operations in North America, South America, Europe, and Asia. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Reading, Pennsylvania. What's going on in Reading? Oh, not much. We had a little snow, but it's a a pretty quiet Friday morning right now. What do you do? (laughs) I lead the marketing team at Penske. Wow, that sounds like a big deal. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a global business. We have operations in um, China, in the Netherlands, down in Brazil, but we are predominantly a U.S.-based company. Are you a public-traded company? We are not. We are private. And you've been around for how long? We've been around for 50 years this year. We are celebrating our 50th anniversary. We're pretty proud of it. Um, and we've had a, a pretty good track record, a nice, nice growth trajectory over that time. So in 50 years, has the industry shifted? No, just a little. <laughs> Tell me how. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, I'd say the, the world of marketing shifted greatly in that period of time. But, um, but even our business, we started as a, a company that uh, Roger Penske bought uh, three locations in Reading, Pottsville, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, bought a small company in 1969. Today we have quite a few locations, over 300,000 vehicles that, that run on the road and uh, have the privilege of serving a lot of companies. So we're, we're one of those companies that's sort of behind the scenes at work helping other companies mm. get their goods and products to market. So your background and specialty and expertise is marketing? It is. I've been at it for 21 years. What's the advice you would provide for someone that is looking not for the consumer marketing, but business to business? Is it is it a different animal altogether? You know, I, I find the basic tenants are the same. So I deal with both. We have a consumer aspect to our business, um, but B2B is the larger part of what we do as an organization. So 95% of our revenue is, is B2B. The tenants of marketing are generally the same, but marketing is all about uh, having a conversation with your customers or potential customers. And so that aspect holds true. It's just a little different on the B2B side. Is it different in expectation or participation or revenue or how does it show up? You know, I I don't know that the revenue matters. I don't know that the size of the company matters in some cases. It's about having a conversation um, and connecting with your Mm. customers. I I view marketing as a bit of a a relationship function. It's about helping build relationships and connections with your customers. It's about understanding them, understanding the people that you provide value for the most, a bit of who they are, and then striking up a conversation with them. So you're in it for the long haul. It's not a short-term thing. No, I don't view marketing as, uh, a lot of times marketing gets viewed as advertising, and I, I view them as two very different things. How and so? What's, is, what's, what's the difference between advertising and marketing? I mean, it sounds like the same thing. An ad is, I'd say, something that's in the marketing toolkit, but marketing is a broader idea than advertising. An ad is a tool that you use to get attention, build awareness for a brand, or it's a tool that you use to generate leads, hmm. um, you know, get people to 
to contact you, ideally make them aware of your product and, and want to try it. Um, maybe predispose them to wanting to work with you as a company, but it's a, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often that's what gets all the attention. But really great marketing um, you know, doesn't require large ad budgets. Explain that to me because that sounds counterintuitive. You know, it, it's interesting. A lot of um, a lot of times, we start to view marketing as synonymous with advertising, and we view the folks that have the largest ad budgets as maybe the most talented at marketing. But there are many examples of companies that have small budgets and end up doing phenomenal marketing work because they're able mm. to. They have to be efficient. They have to be very selective about the things that they do and how they place those bets. I'm not saying that you know all large brands are, are inefficient, right. not at all, but I think some small brands are doing some pretty incredible marketing because they have to be choosy about where they place those bets. So a measurement of success in marketing is not how much we're spending on marketing. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, a tough, tough thing. So for a small company, they could they could do it, right? So what what are the three things they need to know about marketing to make them do it well? You know, I, I think marketing is about knowing your customer first and foremost. So it's about, you know, really getting to know who you're doing business with today and not just what they buy from you or not just what that transaction has been like, but really knowing them, knowing what, um, knowing a little bit about their business. If we're talking about a B2B side, what really drives their business? What makes them successful? What is that like in terms of, you know, what sizes of companies do you work with? What industries are they in? Really get to know them and their challenges. And that's usually how you can figure out how you can add value for them. So I find it always starts with um, knowing your customer and then coming up with some kind of plan. How do you get more of customers like the ones you're working with um, and more of the ones that you want to work with? So it's not sort of this thing that just happens to happen to you, but how can you be really selective about it? So you put a plan together and then honestly, it's about sticking with that plan, you know, mm. reevaluating it, auditing it, looking at, hey, what's been working, what's not been working, and doing some fine-tuning. And you really you double down on the things that work well, and then you eliminate the things that, that haven't been working. So That's a constant process. redress, right? I mean, you're constantly going back. What's the heavy lift in the plan development? Is it internal or external, knowing, because you keep saying, knowing your customer? Well, that means you really got to know yourself to know what your external partners could be and the business-to-business relationship, right? How much effort does it take to create this initial plan? I don't think it's hard at all. It's, uh, you know, it, it feels daunting sometimes when people think, oh, I've got to put a whole plan together. But it really starts with laying out a bit of, you know, ground yourself in your customer, ground yourself in the value that you provide, because most companies don't provide value to everybody. They're not ubiquitous. Most companies have structured their offerings in a way that they provide particular value to particular kinds of businesses or people. And and so you ground your marketing plan in that. Play where you play best. Play where you play best. For the dollar-to-dollar spend, where's the biggest bang for the buck in marketing? 
<laughs> you know, when I think about, um, I talked earlier about, you know, building the relationship. If you're, if you're after building a relationship with customers, sometimes it's the little things that matter. Sometimes mm. it's the communications and interactions that you have with them and really unpacking what those look like. What are the basic emails that you send to them? What are the um, basic ways that you can interact with them that just let them know you're there, mm-hmm. let them know you're a help helping hand, that you're an expert that can offer advice along the way. Those are things that are, are usually really well received by customers. And so many brands don't do that anymore. Mm. So many brands are so focused on, again, sometimes they're focused on the big ad campaign or, or some of those things, and they lose sight of those small interactions with customers that you can just have in a very simple fashion. And that's not about sending them an email every day. Um, Email boxes are so overloaded now, you have to be selective about it. You know, if you're a smaller business and you're in um, a local community, building relationships with people can also involve being involved in the community. How do you get involved in impactful ways in your local community through the Chamber of Commerce or through, you know, some of the local charities that are really driving success in the community and getting involved in those things Mm -hmm. helps you. You're working alongside people then in your local community and you can really build the brand. Your your evidence, you're you're providing evidence of what you value because you're participating. You're engaging in the local community because you're a participant. You expect to be part of the whole, not separate. Exactly. So often it feels like businesses start to lose sight of that they're an important actor in a community. And especially in today's world, they they can be a powerful actor in Mm -hmm. a community and um, participating just lets people know that you're actually a part of the community success, which most people value. So I think that's um, an area that there is so much opportunity. There is so much need Mm -hmm. in communities for um, for businesses to be involved and to help the community progress along whatever lines those are in that specific geography. It can be as simple as also, you know, an open house, having a barbecue, having, you know, some kind of Mm. event um, for your customers as well. So it doesn't have to be, you know, something extremely elaborate Um, or you can run contests, you know, for customers where they can enroll and they can maybe win something and maybe Mm -hmm. they win tickets to a ball game with you or to an event um, of some sort of and then you could attend that along with the customers right so it sounds like you're combining work with fun (laughs) who does that right again it's uh it's about relationships and relationships are best built through, through interactions with people. So the more that the brand can interact and, and, you know, generally if you hire great people and that's another point for a service brand, you're not putting um, products on a shelf, you're offering service and service is delivered by people People. to people. And so one of the most important things that service brands can do in particular is hire great people and just allow them to interact with your customers. And then the brand gets built that way. Well, that sounds really easy. Just hire great something. people. What are the what are the three questions you would ask somebody to rule them in or out versus just reading a CV or a resume? Oh gosh. Well, for service brands, it's again, it's about behavior. It's about hmm. you know people that enjoy interacting with people. You know, you want to hire people that um, have a great attitude. You know, that are going to engage with people um, in an interesting way. And you want people. You know, generally when you're working in a business, you want them to be pretty unstoppable. But if they have those <laughs> other behaviors as well, Un- you want to get Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you want people that are unstoppable. 
I do. <laughs> I want them to have a great attitude. I want them to be like engaging with others, yeah. and I want them to go after doing that. Wow. There is a, a liberty in that kind of personality. There's there's probably a little tension between <laughs> somebody that's way out there versus somebody that's a, a turtle that's hiding in their shell. It's just exciting to hear that. I, I think that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I look at it as if you can give people the right run lanes, you let them run, mm-hmm. right? You just mm-hmm. you provide a little bit of guidance and support. Yeah. Let them do their thing. Agree, just agree on what to be done and yeah. then let them go. And they usually do great things. That's opposite of micromanagement. That is the opposite. Yeah, I, I believe people generally, you know, look, we all need to go to work um, yeah. and we all generally want to do a good job at work. We just have to give people the opportunity to do that. Well, thank you very much for sharing your view from Penske and from the huge state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. This program was recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio on the grounds of Chautauqua Institution. I'm Edwin K. Morse, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.